Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hi, kids. Uh, Welcome to the little show we do. Uh, Currently doing it Mondays and Fridays. Wednesday, uh, back on the docket for October. Uh, look for our Wednesday show, October 4th, and we'll be back to three times a week. Not quite the five-day-a-week powerhouse juggernaut internet sensation that the uh, barn burner is, but we have our we have our following, small little niche of like-minded individuals, which I got to tell you is really refreshing um, in a way. Uh, and, and the reason it's refreshing is uh, when you are on mass media, when you are, for the lack of a better term, and I'll use the term that uh, some would um, use force down people's throat. They would line up to complain about the show before the show even started here. There's very little of that. Uh, we will take your questions. We will take your comments. Uh, our good friend, Jack will collect them and, and bring them up at the end of the program. Um, and the reason I say all of that is because my guess is um, everybody's expecting me to uh, come in and do it. Well, anyway, We'll get to the show in a sec. Darren Haynes is going to join us, our good friend, the commissioner of the 7HL, uh, formerly of The Athletic, formerly of uh, Flames from 8,000 Feet, I believe was the website. We'll ask him. Uh, currently writes for CP, and uh, we'll pick his brain on the going-ons of the Calgary Flames. Full disclosure, because I do not like to hide things from you people, because I like you people. Uh, I was at the Flames Golf Tournament on Wednesday. I was doing the talking goalie uh, thing for uh, the foundation, raising some money for the foundation. So had a chance to uh, talk to Michael Backlund briefly. Um, Brett Sutter was there, uh, our guest from a couple weeks ago. He was there hanging around. So always good to catch up with the alumni and the players. So, um, yeah, it's been a fun, busy week. Um, a reminder that this is an inclusive program. Everybody's welcome here. We are allies for you. We just want to talk sports, have some fun, and hopefully make you think a little bit. Uh, we're also broadcasting live from Treaty 7 Territory. I will um, I will give a little uh, shout-out to my former employer, um, who is uh, connecting again with Siksika Health Services tomorrow to host the second annual powwow at the Saddle Dome between the uh, Calgary Hitman and Siksika Health Services. That goes at 2 o'clock with the grand entry. 
Um, it's well ahead of Orange Shirt Day or Truth and Reconciliation Day, which is September 30th, which is where we did it last year. But uh, there is a uh, venue conflict. So um, if you want to go down and, and it's a free event, but just check out some really cool inter- dance, culture, entertainment. Um, it's, it's a little bit of everything. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and Monday, well, I don't know. I uh, ran into an old friend last night, and he says he'll do the podcast. So we're going to try and set him up. Uh, former Flame Sven Berchi. Uh, I was in Vancouver doing a fundraiser, and Sven was the special guest. And um, I've said this before, um, I, you know, I, I have a soft spot for Sven Berchi. I, I, I always felt like um, he kind of got the raw end of things. And it, it leads me into our conversation today to start off. Um Sven was uh, drafted out of Portland 13th overall in 2011, the same draft in which Johnny Gaudreau and Brassois. And uh, I think we were talking about this draft with, uh, with Pike on Monday, um, but uh, Granlin and Watherspoon were in that draft as well. Um, remember he played five games as an emergency call up as an 18 year old out of Portland scored in three straight. Uh, and then the next year eh, didn't quite catch and then eventually the Flames traded him for Hunter Shinkarik, uh to Vancouver. He'd go on and play the better part of six seasons in, in Vancouver, got into some injury issues, and just recently retired. Um, but Sven was always a guy that it bugged me. Like, it, it bothered me the way he was handled and dealt with here. Um, you know, and if you go back, I, I don't even know if you can. Are all the shows on there, Jack? Can people go back and, and, and watch the first show? I believe so. Yeah, okay. But it take a lot of scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take a lot of scrolling. If you go back to the to the first show, the, uh, just a game that we did, I gave a little manifesto there, and and just a reminder. I I am what I am. I am who I am. My opinions are my opinions. Uh, the way I approach life is the way I approach life. I do not want anybody ever going. Well, Rob Kerr says so. I think. Please don't do that. I uh, the best compliment you can pay me is I listen to the program. I don't agree with you or I don't agree with you all the time. That's, that's all I want to do is make people think. I, I, I always felt that one of the worst deals that Brad Living made as a general manager was trading Sven Berchi. Sven Berchi fell out of favor with Bob Hartley. Um, those who know Sven Berchi know that this is not an actual uh, legitimate complaint, but Bob would uh, sometimes refer to him as a spoiled rich kid. And that's not who Sven Berchi was. Single parent, you know, uh, yes, he was born in Switzerland, but not everybody in Switzerland is born with a silver spoon. Uh, anyway, Bob didn't like him. Bob didn't want him. Bob got rid of him. And Brad for living, let him get rid of him. And I was very critical of Brad because they made that trade. And then two or three months later, was up at the podium complaining that they had no skill on the wing in the system. Well, they had skill on the wing, but burnt through this guy. He goes to Vancouver, very productive, earns a three-year, $10 million extension, very popular there, but runs into injuries, okay? Uh, I think just under 400 games, or closer to 320, I think, and I want to say about 130, 140 points. That's just off the top of my head. But it, it, but at the time, it was okay. 
Like at the time, that's fine. If a coach doesn't like the guy, they get to run him off. And and the general manager should listen to his coach and blah, blah, blah. But it, that, that, that would, and, and I was guilty of it too. Don't get me wrong. I I'm, I'm can't, you know, I shouldn't cast stones here either. I'm just giving you a big, long story to get to where I'm going. I, but I always felt Sven was, you know, j- just kind of made a scapegoat. And if they had been patient with him, I'm not saying he would have been an all-star. I'm not saying he would have replaced Johnny Gaudreau. But I believe if you if somebody believed in Sven Berchi, at 19 years old, if your head coach is in there referring to you as a spoiled rich kid, playing games with you, what do we honestly expect? Let's talk about Mike Babcock for a second. We did a show on Monday and Tuesday. I furiously sent a tweet to Jack because, you know, Jack needs to hear from me when we're not working. And there was this story had broke that uh, Biz Nasty on Barstool had said that Mike Babcock had brought in uh, Boone Jenner, the captain, and some other players, hooked up their cell phones and used airplay and started going through their pictures on the TV screen in his office. So this immediately caught fire. Uh, Mike Babcock, who was out of hockey for three and a half years, we know how people felt. We know how he treated uh, Mitch Marner. Um, Mike Babcock had no share of detractors, but Mike Babcock also had some people who said, I don't get it. Like, what, players are soft? Um, The story seemed to go away Wednesday. Jack, are you fact-checking me? Is Is that right? Because, yeah, thank you. Here's the, this came out Tuesday, right? Yeah, I believe it was Tuesday. Yeah. So, you know, here's the Columbus Blue Jackets, Babcock and Boone Jenner, both saying nothing to see here, right? Final line, to have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. That comes from Boone Jenner. But Biz Nasty doesn't back down on that. And then the NHL comes out and says, yeah, we've looked into it, nothing to see here. Well, then all of a sudden, you started to hear Frankie Corrado you started to hear some other former players and former, you know, players who had played for Mike Babcock. Listen, no shortage of players who've lined up to take a run at Babcock before, but Frankie Corrado on TSN radio in Toronto was, you know, very uh, specific in his criticism of, of Babcock in this end. Uh, the new head of the NHLPA and Ron Hainsey, who's assisting him, uh, visited Columbus and are today meeting with the National Hockey League. The likes of Elliot Friedman, Chris Johnson, Darren Drager, all of the traditional, and I, I, this is important, the wording here, traditional NHL insiders um, are suggesting that it, it died down and now it's back up. And, you know, and I don't want to make light of it, but there's a little bit of that hinting that this could be really serious. Like he could lose his job. I'm not saying he's going to lose his job, but he could lose his job. This comes back to the the Sven Berchi story for me and actually more societal. And I, I, I said to Jack, there's a place I want to go today. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I'm telling you, I know where I want to go today. I don't know how I'm going to get there. So bear with me if I'm bumping along here and none of this makes sense. In my mind, I am tying this all up in a nice, neat bow. But we'll see if I can get there. Babcock is not well-liked. 
Scotty Bowman may be the single most detested coach in NHL history. Might be. He was not popular, but he won. But he won. And as a result, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, early into the 90s, you did not, you just, you took it. You sucked it up, Buttercup, and you took it. Mike Babcock has won. Stanley Cup, Olympic gold medal, you take it. Bob Hartley has won. Suck it up, Buttercup, you take it. Biz Nasty, who has not won, but that's okay. Works for Barstool Sports. Works uh, TNT or ESPN, Jack? TNT. TNT, thank you. The single most important person on this program, and you don't even get to see his face. Um, Thank you. He has become this, he was a media star when he played, his Twitter account, his social media account. I remember Boomer talked to him. Boomer was one of the first guys to really go and stick a microphone in, in Biz Nasty's face and talk to him about his social media presence and the things that he was saying and, you know, how aloof he was and how little he seemed to care about, you know, the, the, the seemed to care about pissing people off for, you know, or controversy or whatever. Biz Nasty was, this is a player. He has taken this into this new role, but he's also opened up a lot of, um, a lot of avenues. The Spit and Chicklets podcast I would give my left arm to have the success that those guys have. I would give my right leg to have the guests that those guys have. I would give my cranium to to be as popular as they are. But to this point, they have been what we, what we, I, and I'm, I, I, I'm admitted to this. I'm admitting to this. I think we call it bro sports, right? We call it bro sports. It's not, intellectual Dan Patrick, you know, high-end interviewing. It's pro sports. It's former players talking about stories, giving you insight that you can't get anywhere else. I am wondering a little bit about, because Biz Nasty has not stepped back on this. We are dealing with a story that at any moment, Jack may jump in and go, here's news from Columbus. He may not, but he may. Biz Nasty has doubled down, tripled down on this. Is he now becoming, and he and his ilk, the Frankie Carrados, the Jamie McLennans, the Rhett Warners, the the players that played, that have access to other players that are still maybe connected. And I, I don't know, uh, maybe it's not fair to lump Rhett into this. I don't know how connected Rhett is to the current players, but let's just talk about the, you know, in, in the sense of business, he's probably still connected to guys that he played with that are still in the league. They came to him. Is this the is this a case of the players policing? Is this a case of the players saying we don't want him? So this is how we now have a voice that has power. Tell me right now, Jack. I'll ask you, who's got a bigger audience in hockey outside of a hockey night in Canada playoff game than Spit and Chicklets? Nobody. The biggest platform in the game, right? One hundred percent. Is it possible that the players are now using that platform? Or or is this an, an example of them possibly using this platform? I think so, yeah. Right? We don't want this guy. He gets a second chance. We don't want him. We don't want him. 
I I have to to address the the situation in Columbus. If I came in and an employer asked me to give me my their my phone and they're going to put it up on the screen, I love I love it. Take a look at all my superhero kids. Take a look at my dog. Take a look at the things I'm in for interested in. Take a look at the pet center. Like, there's nothing in there. I'd love to show you. You don't want to see my phone. Then it just becomes all kinds of stories about Rob. But anyway, I can fully understand if you're a young guy. Jack, if, if I said to you one day, Jack, I need to know you better. You're my producer. Hand me your phone so I can see your photos. I know it's not the same power dynamic, I grant you, but would that offend you? Would you? Would that tick you off? Would that off-put you? Would you feel? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where a bit of the disconnect is coming here. You know, you got older players in the room with families, um, and then you got the younger guys. Which would guys. be family pictures. Exactly, right? right? Yeah. And then you got younger guys, and who knows what's on their phone, and it's really not up to the coach to, to do you, see that. Do you, know, do you know anybody in your friend group that would take pictures of you, of you guys at parties? 100%. And you might not have been legally able to drive at those points in time. 100%. Correct. And, I, and who knows what else there could be there, but this is what we're talking about. The younger guys, and that's what we're hearing, is the younger guys might have taken offense to this. So what does this have to do with Sven Berchi? What does this have to do with Bob Hartley? Well, let's bring it back to Calgary. Calgary has a new new coach, Ryan Huska. Now, Ryan's a qualified coach. I saw him on Wednesday. I congratulated him. I, I want to get him on the podcast at some time. I'm a big Ryan Huska fan. But Daryl Sutter, basically, all intents and purposes, unless somebody wants to correct me, was run out of town. Not by all the players, but by some of the players. Not by all of the staff but clearly some of the staff, it was not healthy. After he got an extension, he has won two Stanley Cups, like Scotty Bowman. And I'm not talking about the number. I'm just saying we have one. Bob Hartley, Mike Babcock. Daryl Sutter is black and white. He is blunt. I have seen him nearly make uh, media people cry. He, If he's in one of his moods or he thinks you're taking a run at him, he will shut you down. He will shut you down hard. Um, but when Daryl Sutter did not come back to the flames, I'll guarantee you, guarantee you, there are current members of this roster that drove to Viking to see him, called him, talked to him. Some guys like it. Some guys don't like it. Daryl's what we call a hard ass. Mike Babcock's what we call a hard ass. Bob Hartley's what we call a hard ass. Stan or Stan Bowman, Scotty Bowman, hard ass. Now, we've seen the movie where some hard asses try to become unhard asses. I know that's not a word. Uh, Ken Hitchcock comes to mind. Ken Hitchcock tried to, to adjust his coaching style. Let me park this just for a second. This is the, the, this is the needle that I'm trying to thread here in this whole conversation. I am 53 years old. When I grew up and played hockey... It was not uncommon for a coach to say, are you stupid? When I tried out for high school football, that's it. Tried out. That's all. Spring camp. Never played. Tried out. I had a coach grab my mask and rattle my head around screaming at me. 
when I was in grade 10 gym at my high school, Ty, don't listen to this part of the podcast. My superheroes, I don't want you guys to listen to this part of the podcast. I am a lot of things. I am not an Adonis. I have never been an Adonis. Nobody's ever said, boy, I wish I had a body like Rob. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to steal somebody else. What's the, I think it's a Bobby Heenan line or it's a Jim Cornette line. I had a, I, I have a body like a bag of milk. That's what I have. But I had a grade 10 gym teacher who would call me fatty. And one time said to me, you have bigger tits than my sister. I was in grade 10. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm not asking you. It's not, this, is not, this is not that story. I'm just identifying the fact that I grew up in an age in which intimidation, bullying, hard love, tough love, you know, you take it because your dad took it and your grandfather took it and we all took it. And I feel like right now, that we are in such a generation societal gap and sports, one of the places that it's showing its, its face. And I really believe in many ways, that's what this is with Babcock. I believe that a good chunk of my audience today, 50%, 40%, 30%, whatever thinks, why are you guys wasting your time? Why are we talking about this? I had it harder. I, this, my, you know, as if bullying, as if intimidation, as if uh, degrading a human being is okay as a form of um, coaching, for the lack of a better term. Um, it's not. It's not. I can give you plenty of examples of world-class athletes who have achieved world-class things that were not bullied, that were put in a positive headspace, that were made to, I'm really curious. You know, I hear this all the time. Oh, I don't know what I'm allowed to say anymore. What do you mean by that? Wow, the jokes that I used to tell, you know, you can't get away with them right now. What do you mean by that? Wow, what's, you don't want to offend anybody. All right. Um, do you have a picture? Do you have a picture of, no, I'm not going to do that, actually. No, no, hold that one. I, I was going to do that. I think that's a little too extreme. There are a lot of things that we don't say anymore that we used to say, and I grew up, you know, um, March 21st, I believe, is World Down Syndrome Day. And when I grew up, kids with Down syndromes were referred to with another word, and we've gotten that out of our lexicon. Joey Moss who grew up in my neighborhood, longtime dressing room attendant for the Oilers and the Eskimos. I was there. I saw it. People called them the R word. That's what you, know, you just did. We all know about the way uh, people with, uh, you know, black people have been referred to, native people, First Nations people, um, people of South Asian descent. Where are you going with this, Rob? I think we have to be really careful about some of these conversations about back in the day. And I'm, you know, one of the first things that came out, uh, somebody wrote a column on it in the sun when Daryl Sutter got fired. All oh, these players are soft. 
maybe. And I think there's also a danger in this, too, of suggesting that, um, you know, you can't use bad language, you can't use racial epithets, you can't use insults, you can't. That doesn't mean you cannot have hard conversations. That does not mean a coach cannot have difficult conversations. That does not mean that Mike Babcock cannot lay down the law, that Bob Hartley cannot be strict. But there is a way to thread this needle and not be abusive. There is a way of threading this needle and and not and not I, I again bullying. I, I whatever you want to say. Ah, oh, you're soft, Kerr. You're woke, Kerr. You're you're all of this, maybe. But I do know friends of mine that have have taken abuse that they should not have taken abuse. I know athletes that have been abused that should not have been abused. Not all of it's physical, some of it's mental. I don't know what happened in Columbus. I don't know what happened in the dressing room in Calgary. I don't know what happened, you know, all those many years ago in the locker rooms of Buffalo, Montreal, St. Louis, Detroit, you know, where Pittsburgh, wherever Scotty Bowman was. Scotty's a great coach. I'm not trying, understand, please, that I'm not trying to besmirch the character of any of these gentlemen. I'm trying to portray the fact that in the bygone era, their methods were acceptable. And pining for those methods is not acceptable. I'm sorry, it's not. I believe that you can inspire a hockey player. You can inspire a basketball player. You can inspire a football player. You can inspire a producer. You can inspire a broadcaster to do better without abusing them mentally, physically, verbally, any of this. The power dynamics, the power games that are played have got to end. It's talk to the sliders, talk to the Olympians, talk to them about some of those old East German coaches and Eastern European coaches and the way everybody has the right to be treated with dignity and respect. To that end, understand whoever I'm not yelling at, that that does not mean you cannot be criticized or corrected or bluntly talked to and somewhere in there lies the rub i have no idea no idea what exactly mike babcock has done here but he's came in with the target he was out of the game for three and a half years because of the way he treated players. He's not going to, nor should he get a break. Bill Peters, no breaks. No breaks. <sighs> Jack, I tried. That was the point that I tried. I just wanted to make that point today. Trying to thread that needle. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm just trying to raise it that in many ways, this is, you know, those those days are gone. They're not coming back. And to pine for them, to pine for the ability to scream and insult somebody, to pine at, or be able to whack them in the back of the head, tough love. Sorry. I, I, you know, this, I, I guess I grew up in the era of, uh, did, you have, did you have the strap at school? No. Okay. So I, I was kind of the last generation with the strap. And it scared the hell out of me. But child abuse shouldn't be your first way of 
of maintaining law and order. And I think we all agree on that. I know there's some that go, oh, you spare the child, spare the rod, or, or whatever the, the line is. And again, I'm not accusing any of those coaches of being abusive. I'm not. Uh, physically, uh, I think all of them have been referred to publicly and would self-refer to themselves as hard-ass coaches. But I think we've gone through this shift in society. I think sports has been the front end of it. I think, you know, here we spoke mostly about hockey. I think we could have this a far more robust conversation about football. Oh, my God. Right? Like, how many players died from heat stroke because of two-a-days in ridiculous weather? Um, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, somebody throws some eight-year-old with a big giant helmet getting smoked by a 12-year-old with bigger helmet, and we all think this is hilarious. Watch the little kid fly. Anywho, that's what I think about that. Darren Haynes is going to join us momentarily. I can't tell if he's on because I can't see that little box. No, he has not shown okay. up yet. Okay. I'll, I'll give you the thumbs okay, up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we changed the outlet. We changed how my my monitor looks, and I just realized that normally I can see when the guest is there. Is he there? I'd hate to be talking when he's been there for fifteen minutes. Uh, the Calgary Flames. Speaking of the Flames, uh, playing in the young uh, young guns tournament, uh, prospect tournament. Young start, I don't know what the hell they call it, Penticton. Start tonight, play tonight, tomorrow, and then again on Monday. Uh, the games are streaming, so you can certainly catch those. Uh, we had Ryan Pike on um, earlier in the week, and, uh, of course, uh, the Nation Network and Flames Nation will have complete top-to-bottom coverage of all of that. Uh, we'll get into that when Darren Haynes joins us. A couple other sports things I do want to get to. What the hell happened? What happened in Toronto? Like, who said what? This, this, look at this. Look at this, courtesy of Sportsnet Stats. Look at this. Before the series, 79.3% chance of making a postseason. 46.8, four days later. Four days later. They are a game and a half out of a playoff spot hosting Boston. What the hell happened? Oh, and by the way, because you know I can't help myself, and I do pay attention to these things. They sent out renewals. There's a big ticket hike price to price hike too going out to Jays fans. They did not sell out. They had terrible attendance for this. What the hell happened? And I don't know about you, but if you have a special Jays fan in your life over the weekend, I think they got a little too cocky over sweeping Kansas City. Um, just terrible, terrible. And now they put themselves in this really difficult spot. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. That, okay, I heard the beep that time. All right. A um, couple of football notes. One with the North American or Canadian version. Stamps are off this week. Uh, big game involving the Elks. By the way, that word is not correct. Uh, this weekend, it could go along. I, I mean... I hate to be the Donnie Downer, but I don't see a scenario in which the Stampeders are going to make the playoffs this year. I may be wrong. But a team that will be making the playoffs is your Cavalry. Uh, they became the first team in the CPL to clinch a playoff spot this week. Um, and they play at home tomorrow. Um, they clinched a playoff berth. They're now trying to clinch home playoff advantage. They host Vancouver FC 3 o'clock Saturday at Atco Field. 
So if you have not been to a game, I, I cannot, well, there's a lot to do tomorrow afternoon, but if you're so inclined to make sure you check it out. Our next guest is brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. 76 years, 76 years, soon to be 77 years in Calgary. Now, normally when it's all white and cool, there are four locations in town. Currently, there are two that are open. McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, Bull Ridge Road Northwest. So check them out, skisellersnowboard.com, skisellersnowboard. They are your authority to all things downhill, um, and, and, um, snowboarding and snow skating and outdoor wear. That's where you go. Uh, very pleased to have join us. Our dear friend, uh, the one, the only Darren Haynes, uh, live from his world headquarters today. Uh, just recently back from, uh, touring the, um, Western part of the provinces, uh, on a golf, uh, trip. Um, so I'm sure he's tanned and happy to be here. How are you? I kind of miss being out there, actually. I know you. I know how much you love golf. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Noted golf lover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, before we get too far down the road, uh, what what's your take on this Mike Babcock Columbus situation? Well. You know, don't if you're if you're in his situation. I mean, I I I there's I have two thoughts on it. One is, you know, you know all eyes are on you, so yeah. so do you not have to really tread carefully? But ultimately, he is who he is, right? Like you know, so so I none none of this is surprising necessarily. Um, you know, you, you have your own shtick and your style and, 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 and how you motivate or whatever. So yeah. I just feel like it's, it's just, it's interesting that it's kind of like, we've hardly got started and already we've got controversy. Right. So I'm not surprised. Um, just given everything we've kind of known and heard and whatever, but, um, yeah, I don't know. And it's, it's, and there's also lots of, uh, you know, do we even know exactly what's uh, well that right yeah and that's why you know i'm i'm more interested in is this an example of how we've changed as a society right that you know and i I was using the example earlier you and i have been around a lot of hard-ass coaches we were coached by hard-ass coaches you know we there's things that our gym teachers and our hockey coaches and our baseball coaches would have said football coaches when we were kids that you can't do now and I know there's a certain segment of the population that says, oh, they're soft and we should go. But I, I don't like I, I think the changes have been I think the changes are for good. Like, you know, yeah, and evolution, I, evolution in society. We, we, don't, we don't have to look to Columbus, Rob, to see how that's changed. We just have to look <laughs> down town Calgary at what what worked and what didn't no longer work with the same dude involved. Right. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, like this is this is not like you can't. 2023 is 2023 it's not 2013 as much as you may want to hope it was it's not 2003 it's not yeah. 1993 right like it's just yep. the world changes and um and it's harder for some to adapt and some refuse to adapt but you know the the players like it or like it or hate it you know you know going back to not necessarily just on the back off thing but like the players the players they have they have chairs at the table now yeah they, they are they have the they have the power and a lot more power than they ever had before. And, you know, that's just, you know, that, so you have to work with them. 
Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I want to run this concept by you. The fact that this story has been broken <coughs> by, you know, Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, um, on Barstool. The, you, you talk about this isn't 2013, this isn't 2003 anymore. You know, that's quote unquote bro, you know, sports talk. And it's a former player who's not that far removed. Now, listen, former players have been insider. I'm not suggesting they're not. But I'm almost I'm I. What's interesting to me about this is, is he has not backed down one iota. He's doubled down on it. Guys like Frankie Corrado have come out and and corroborated, you know, the the, the thesis, if you will. Are we now beginning to see a, a new form of almost sports talk or sports journalism in the sense that you know Darren Drager, Chris Johnson, Elliot Friedman are, are certain types of uh, you know insiders, but are the you know, our players, our current players going to use the, are they using Biz Nasty here to solve a problem? Yeah, these guys, like, like it used to be those guys you mentioned, the insider, but but now it's who's got a platform, who's got an audience. And nobody's right? got a bigger one, right? Yeah, so then you, yeah. And, 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 and some of these, again, not any specifics, but, but you know, and when you're going to get into former players, when you're going to get into a, they're connected B, they may have access to grind too. So let's not forget about that. Right. So yep. depending on who they ran into in the business, who, you know, like, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a lot of agendas potentially out there, but yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's this thing, this thing that what's it called the World Wide web that we've created. Yes. It's a series of tubes. <laughs> everybody there's a lot of ways to uh there's, there's a lot of people that can now now have audiences and yeah. uh, you don't even have to you don't even have to have an audience just say something with some shock value and, and an audience will find you right like that's, that's and, and i don't i don't doubt for a second that that players have used the media in the past i know that teams have used the media in the past coaches have used message sending and stuff what i'm talking about is you know, are they being more proactive? Because you and I are from an era where just shut up and take it, right? Just shut up and take it. Just shut up and take it. He's the coach. He's the GM. He's the whatever. He can say whatever he wants. Just shut up and take it. And, you know, well, I get that. It's changed. And now I'm, I'm just wondering if, if Biz Nasty, for the lack of a better term, isn't being almost used as a weapon. Weaponizing Biz Nasty. <laughs> is, is it pot? Am I, am I nuts? Well, I mean, we knew the answer to that. Sorry. Um, is this the, is this theory insane? No, I don't think so. Like, I think it's, it's no, it's just a uh, tact, right? It's just, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no, in a way it would be no different than Alan Walsh and his tweets, right? <laughs> and his and his uh and his really odd use of like microsoft paint yeah 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 no that's right yes yeah doesn't even use canva right <laughs> come on get into the 2000s alan exactly um a little closer to home the local hockey heroes uh have sent their kids away um mm. that means that the uh, adults will be close to getting on the ice next week um Kind of, I, I, how do I describe Wednesday and the media availabilities for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm and Huberto and others in Backland even before that? Uh, was it was it shocking? Was it 
controversial? Was it tense? Was because it, it seems like I mean, I watched them and, and I saw them and I read them and everything, but I wasn't attaching anything to them. Would, did, would you attach any adjectives to to the interviews and the, and the conversations that were had with those guys? Um, no, I don't think we were expecting to learn a whole lot. Like there, there there's a lot of everyone being very safe right now. Everybody's being very cautious. Uh, it's yep. not too much being said and that's that's not unexpected like you know everybody we all want to know we want to know what's the state of things what mm -hmm. we, we want to know we want to look on on craig conroy's desk and see what's in that envelope that says elias you know we yeah. want to know what the terms are we want to we want we want transcription of the text messages with the agent we want to know all this stuff but the reality is, um, you know, you're kind of left guessing a little bit. And so then when the players and you knew that was probably not a, not a, the, the, you know, the night before, I'm sure Elias Lindholm had a great sleep, really was really couldn't wait to get to the golf course and answer those questions. What time can I be there? What, what time do they start showing up? But, uh, you know, what I will say is, um, you know, he's, he's, he wasn't knocking us over with his enthusiasm, um, you know, that in particular in terms of the situation, right? Like there's, I don't know. I think there's a lot still, obviously there's still a lot to, to happen here. And, and, um, and, you know, we, we were in a different spot than I think we thought we would be, right? Like this is supposed to be the summer of change and the summer of like, you know, Craig Conroy is not going to let these guys walk out the door, like scarred by the Goudreau yeah. exit. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we're, we're creeping, we're creeping close to the start of a season and camp and, and all of these one year left guys are still for the most part, Tyler Toffoli removed a one year left guy. Well, yeah, you no. no. And and I've I've said it's going to be really difficult for me under a Conroy administration to be objective because I like the dude. Um, I, I was under the impression that all of it, not all of this, but a lot of this would have been, you know, would have been dealt with and taken care of. And that was the plan. But plans change. I mean, flat cap, not a lot of room, not a lot of sellers. Um, you got to have something that people are motivated to go and get. Um uh, and I wonder how much of this is also rookie rookie GM, so to speak, and, and let's try to fleece them. You know, what can we, you know, we'll pull one over on them or I, I don't know any of that. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm somehow figuring that must be what it is because I don't think you want to be in this position. This is not an ideal position, but it almost seems like the position the circumstances have presented. Yeah, it's not selling high either. It's not a power position either, right? No, With some no. Guy, right? You're right. Yeah, you're right. Like who, who is the guy that, you know, the, the guy, the sell high guy is already gone, right? To full, you know. Oh, for was, sure. For sure. So, for so, sure. We got, so we got a gym that inherits a lousy situation. Um, you know, did he overplay his his hand a little bit in terms of his desire to either unload or lock up, you know? like all the, down the line a little bit, right? We kind of got that sense that, that he yep. didn't really want one-year deals left. He wanted either. So, so you know, and and then, you know, I think, you know, in the summer, I think there's always a market, right? You get to the, you get to the draft and, and there is, there is a market develops and an opportunity to make deals. So new GM, and we don't know what the nature of deals he was being offered, but we can presume he wasn't, 
you know, he, he wasn't being served a bunch of softball deals to to just fleece other experienced GMs, right? So no, there was a sale on anchors. Yeah, so so that so so that window kind of came and went, and 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 once 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 some of those trades happened, and, and teams kind of kind of once the money ran out, then you kind of knew August was going to be quiet because yeah, what, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Where where would a market develop out of nowhere in August? Right now, you kind of have to wait. I think I think now, now you need to get into the preseason and um, and and you need guys that teams have penciled into number two center roles, into top four D roles, into top pairing D roles, to find out that those guys aren't ready, or those guys go out and tear up their ACL or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you know, yep. I think I think now you need to kind of wait for secondary markets to to kind of open back up again. And and but it does put the it does it does put an interesting focus on the start to the season in, in my eyes. I'm I'm fascinated because let's say let's say they win their first 10 games mm-hmm. and a no start. Mm-hmm. Already it's becoming super hard to trade away key people in your organization even though you know they're on a one-year expiring deal and you said to yourself you weren't going to let this happen to you. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm fascinated to see how it all plays out because there's, there's so many question marks. But I, I would go one better. If they win first 10 in a row, they'll announce a signing in there. Oh yeah. And there'll be guys, there'll be, yep. there'll be signings uh, for sure. Um, yep. And that's, and that's another thing, right? Like, you know, what what's the and it's really like they're they miss almost missed it by a year right like you know these deals are like i understand as a player if you know that everybody's piggy bank is going to be a little bit bigger starting next season yep um then then you don't want to agree this season right unless that's all factored into it but if that if you're factoring that into it you also as a team are a little gun shy well wait a second like it would be nice if it goes up that much, but is it really going to go up that much? Like, yeah. do we know that for certain? And yeah. So, so yeah, they're kind of, you know, I always thought the sign and trade, you know, would be kind of the combo there that we might see with some of these guys, like we saw with Kachuk, but I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just um, you know a fascinating kind of the, the the quiet you know you every time I see a Flames press release I still wonder but often it's just like a charitable <laughs> donation or it's the start of the training. Oh, just room. charity, <laughs> eh? <laughs> just charity. <laughs> yeah, you're still waiting, waiting for a signing, waiting for a trade, waiting for something. Um, do do you take Noah Hannafin on on face value that? he would consider staying in Calgary? Uh, like, sure. Everybody would, there's like, name the price. There's always a price to keep yep. someone in the market. Yep. That's fair. Yeah, no, no, I, that's a, that's a fair and, response. Yeah. You know, so, so, so absolutely. And, 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 uh, you know, I've, I've, I've chatted with Noah Hannafin lots and I, I, there's not a mean or, or malicious or, or no, I, 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 that body, right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do. I do. I think that that uh, he he wouldn't yearn to probably be where he goes and spends his time in the off season, like go back and be a little closer to home or wherever. Like I think that's a pretty easy thing to envision that a guy, just like the previous, um, you know, a lot of the previous um, guys we've seen, you know, Americans, uh, you know, have wanted to to kind of be closer to home and when they have the opportunity to do that in their career, so. 
yeah so I did, what they say in that first media availability i think you got to just kind yeah. of take that with a grain of salt yeah the other big story around this team is the captain um mm-hmm. and and tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who should be captain? I thought uh, Wes Gilbertson, to, to credit him from uh, Post Media, uh, talked uh, or at least quoted Nikita Zorodorov, was in his uh, column about the fact that it's a no-brainer who should be the captain. It's Michael Backlund. He's the leader. Um, I, You know, there's been much speculation. He was offered this. He was offered that. He, he won't sign here and there. He talked to Swedish reporters. He's talked to Calgary reporters. Uh, l- let's work this one backwards. There's There it is from, uh, you know, in my opinion, it's only one guy in the room who should be captain. I think Backlund is definitely our captain. That's pretty strong, right? Like that <laughs> you're not you're not mixing your signals there, are you? He is good though. He's a good quote. Nikita. Oh, he's a great quote. He's a great quote. So, so he, we, we, we love he gets strong. grumpy when you stop him and you're the talking goalie at the golf tournament, too. <laughs> um yeah, well, and then that's, uh, you know, and there's certainly, I understand that. I understand the hesitation to 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 give the seed to someone who, who may not have, have like a long future with the team. And I don't doubt that Backlund has, has played that role, but I understand. I understand with, uh, and Backlund himself has been pretty honest. I think he's been honest. And, and, and I think he has been too. And and I, and I get it and I get it. Like he, you know, like he lived right close to Giordano. They're pretty close. Right. And and he saw, you know, like at some point, if if it's not happening, these guys would kill for a long playoff run. And and I know it's hard to just pick a spot and get it. It's hard to just get that. But if it's not happening and he, and, 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 you know, the sands are starting to run out in that hourglass. Yeah. He had a great season last year, but you also know that he's what 34, five now we're getting well know. he was drafted in 2007 2007 so so if he if he sees it's not happening and that's you know i think there's a lot of players that have had that pain but if he sees it's not happening and 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 doesn't work out to 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 re-up and be here then yeah. I, I can see why the the team you know wouldn't want to you know if they're as they're looking to kind of reset new coach new gm all this yeah i think you want a, a fixture at that position too and conrad's been pretty pretty open about saying they'll have one they're going to be one and and yeah so i would uh i i don't mind the nationality choice but i i i think <laughs> couldn't go with a better i think there is no better guy than you know back with great choice but i think rasmus anderson would be my pick if i was so, so all things being equal 
throw, and I know we can't anymore in this world, but throw the contract stuff and the length aside, age and stuff aside. I guess you can't throw age aside, but see, to me, it's Backlund. He's homegrown. He's your longest serving player. He's awesome. He's a King Clancy award winner. Sorry, I make this declaration all the time. I don't play fantasy football for one reason. I draft character. You cannot win in fantasy with character. Um, but he's got character. Mm-hmm. He, he's a no-brainer to me. Like, he's your captain. Now you have to add in all the real-world intricacies and twists and turns to this, too. I get that part. I'm not being critical. But he is my captain. If all things being equal, he is the captain of this team. Yeah, if you if you if you scratched contract from the from the record and even yeah, I, I would ne- I, never mind H for sure. Like if you just scratch the contract from it and and they and put all things as equal, then I would I would uh, absolutely be on board with that. To me, and, it is and and I and to me, I think it's going to end up being Anderson for exactly what you said. I, I just I think it'll be Anderson. Um, I like the kid. He's a smart kid. He's a leader. Uh, he wants to win. He, he's in many ways. He's he's like Backlund was as a kid. You know, there, there's a lot to like about him, and he's going to grow into it. Um, I would be shocked if your leadership group wasn't him as your captain, Uyghur, Huberto, and Backlund as the rest of it in some form or another. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I would have no uh, pushbacks on that. You're not, you're not elevating Markstrom to. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing the old Roberto. How, like, do kids even remember that? <laughs> Those are the good old days. Where was his captaincy? It was right on his his mask. That's the only place he could wear it. I, I um, put, actually put a C on uh, on a kid's jersey when I was coaching minor hockey, and even even the refs got all all mad about that. You can't do that. Captain can't be your goalie. Like, come on, they're, they're, ten, a, they're nine years old. Like, it's come the on. stupidest rule in the history of rules. First of all, everybody knows your goalies are the smartest players on your team. That goes without saying. Especially a talking goalie. Especially the talking goalie. Um, all right. So if not that, then what? Uh, on to the next one. Okay, we had Ryan Pike on on Monday, and he mm-hmm. reminded me of something that I, I guess I was guilty of of getting lazy in the conversation, which has been, what about Dustin Wolf? Mm-hmm. Dustin Wolf is not waiver eligible. So there is nothing really stopping the Flames at all from shuttling him or even playing him in the American Hockey League. We've all elevated him to this level. The GM has, and coach have spoken about him glowing, saying he needs to be at that level. Dan Vladar still here. Mm-hmm. Carry three goalies? Are you going to play? What, are you going to have a rotation? Because there are some you know crazy people out there writing stories about, well, you need three NHL goalies. That's the wave of the future is carrying three NHL goalies. I don't, I don't see how it works. No, not carrying three. Like, whoa, it was a ball. Who? Was it Bob Hartley that was really, really like he was mad about that? You know, on three goalies, he, he just messes up your whole. Well, everything. Bob Mar- Bob Hartley was mad. Yeah, in general. <laughs> right. But yeah, like I, I, I think that's another situation where, 
you know, like maybe like I don't doubt that if they got the right offer, they they would be down to two goalies, right? Oh, now. I but, mean, but 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 well, I should say I I understand that Colorado quote unquote might be in the market for a goalie, and I'm sure there's people who don't understand why Nathan McQu- McKinnon has not been acquired for Dan Vladar. I get all of that, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I. Uh, but with with uh, with Dustin Wolf, um, I think it's just going to be a matter of, of him remaining patient. Um, he still needs to play, and so uh, I just think there's there's too many people in front of him right now. I've never thought the NHL preseason is, is very is long enough to. It's hard to win a goalie job in the preseason. Agreed. Like it really is, Agreed. right? Like yep. Mark, Markstrom, Markstrom, Markstrom won't pack a suitcase until until the team until the middle of october right so and, and you know the quality of, of opponents that come into the saddle dome right so markstrom yeah. will get the starts in the home games he'll he'll play a bunch of guys from junior east coast hockey league and um you know with a with a, the occasional veteran nhl player on a pto yep. and um you know like it's just it's hard to in those limited performances and and meanwhile the kids you know it might be wolf is going to probably get some great action because he'll maybe start the road games where where it's the the script is reversed and he's exactly yeah right but it's just it's hard to for those so i think again it comes down to does a team does a does a goalie need a a backup goalie they lose a starter and they elevating their backup and now they need a backup or where does that goalie market go and does that kind of expedite things or or does this whole season is it a case of of wolf uh, playing a ton again with the Wranglers in the building, uh, but but being someone that I think they're less resistant now to to just throwing him in there if Markstrom struggles, if there's a little bit of an injury and maybe they go straight. It could be one of those where where if Markstrom gets hurt, they go to Wolf instead of Ladar. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I do, that- I, I do, I do. But I also wonder: Are we sleeping on Vladar? Oh, well, he's, I absolutely. And I think that's why you don't want to just throw him away, trade him away for a song, right? Because he is still very much, uh, a, I think, a, a young goalie with yeah. a huge upside, right? So in a scenario where you could go Vladar and Wolf, um, you know, I think that's something that you might want to do. I don't think this is the summer you'd want to do that, but, but maybe, you know, doesn't, you know, but there's a lot of, complications with a Markstrom trade, obviously, like there's a ton, right? And that's yeah, oh, for sure. That. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a rare the thing. Is, it's so unusual. This is such an unusual conversation because they, they've never had, you know, like, like that, a cra- like young goalie prospects knocking in the door or in the door, like they have with Wolf and, and Ladar. Like they, this is kind of a, a bit of riches with that position. Uh, well, I, I defer to you because you're the, you're better in the, in the history part of this. I don't remember. Look, they've had prospects. Backlund played in the American League. You know, uh, there's been others. Brody played in the American League. There's, there's, you know, Pelche or not Pelche. Um, yeah, Pelche. Sorry. Yeah, I get Pelche and Poirier mixed up. Pelche played in the American Hockey League. I'm trying to remember the last time there was a player, not a goalie, but a player that the consensus was. He's ready. He's got to come. He's he's going to be great for this organization. That graduating from the A? Yeah. 
you know, that played two full seasons, wasn't up and down or anything like that. But man, I mean, yes, he had, I believe he has what one NHL game. It was a game 82, right? Yeah. So that doesn't really count. He's never played in the NHL, but we're all making the assumption he's ready to go. I'm trying to remember the equivalent of that for this organization. And, and I could be, I might just be old and, and my memory might be shot, but I'm, you know, I'm going back to almost the eighties before I can come up with somebody that was in the minors baking overripe, whatever you want to use the term ready to, we just know when he gets here, he's going to burst onto the scene. Um, I needed to research that. I don't know. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's not a, there's nothing that pops, right? Well, because they've, they've kind of had these guys that have, that have either you thought they were going to go to the minors or, and then they go straight to the NHL and don't move, you know, like they're there and stay. Well, Goudreau, right? Like speaking of Columbus, Goudreau was sat out that game and he was, you know, he was going to go down the next or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. It's a unique position for this organization. It's unique. It's, um, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is unique, and it's a it's a nice position. It's it's one of the you know more of the that's one of the strengths, or that's one of the the cards up the sleeve for Craig Conroy is is he does actually have a it, and he's not forced. Like if if you imagine that the script was reversed and if Wolf was uh, waiver eligible, right? Then then now you've got kind of a crowd scene, and there's kind of a motivation to probably move a body. But right now he doesn't even have to. He doesn't even have to 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 be quick to make that decision. You can kind of wait and see a little bit. You know, the interesting thing about him, at least I think it's interesting. You may not agree, but this is a savvy hockey market. It just is, you know, there's a certain segment of the population that isn't even interested in the games, just wants to talk about the future and the drafting. And that's fine. That's cool. It's that's how they're invested in it. The one thing that you r- rarely hear, I won't say you never hear it, but you rarely hear it is you should trade Wolf cause you'll get more for him. That seems that to me seems to be the indicator that it's consensus around here that everybody thinks this kid's going to be a star. Yep. Not that we've ever got that wrong. <laughs> oh God, no, no, God, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, God, no, 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 no. It, it, uh, it's such a. It, it's you know, like when they traded away J.S. Jaguar. Um, you know, they, they thought they knew enough that he wasn't going to be a star and, you know, he well, or didn't re-sign St. Louis, right? Yeah. Yeah. You think, you know, but with goaltenders, you, you, how long do you have to wait until you, and, and I think we've seen that we've seen that, like how long the resistance to, oh my God, if we put Yoni audio on waivers, like we, yeah, but that was pro- that might've been me who started that. But yeah, you know, like no, like I know it. No, I know exactly. You you're can, gonna be. You're burned. You're, yeah. you're, 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 you're you're just you know they develop late. Yeah. How long do you wait before you know for sure that that goalie isn't gonna be a big star somewhere else? Right. No. I, yeah. And and make no bones about it. I'm not advocating it at all. I'm just to me, it's an endorsement of him. But it, it the the guy I wonder about the most is Vladar, and I use this as a comparable earlier in the week, and and not the the player, but the situation is beginning to remind me a little of Ben Bishop. Cause you remember Ben Bishop early in his career, right? St. Louis, Ottawa, then gets to Tampa Bay and, and kind of 
you know, blows up there, so to speak. Right. Um, you know, and and I, I would say Vladar being in Boston now Calgary and he's the odd man out here because of Markstrom's contract. And listen, if Markstrom plays like he did two years ago, he's the odd man out. uh, Vladar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what about, but then, you know, the other side of the case, you know, did we not get kind of a similar feel about Dave Riddick? And, you know, then then David Riddick did not go on to kind of, you know, I mean, like, we kind of thought he was. Well, spending- I mean, Red O'Bara, Henrik Carlson, you know, the, are, are you suggesting that perhaps we in the media or we here in Calgary tend to love our backup goalies a little too hard? Well, I think the the the, the, the fan base, you know, or, or like, you know, yes, I think let's blame the fans. But like collectively, yes. collectively. Um, you know, you, you see guys, but I just see even just in terms of their personalities, there's like, I just, you know, the path you came down. Like, I just feel like, like, you know, Riddick just, it felt like, you know, he was on that path and then it just kind of didn't happen. It didn't happen for him. Right. And so, so, you know, Dan Villard to me is, is, is ton of potential, but there's not a guarantee there either. So are we talking enough about Jordan Sigalet and Jason LaBarbera? <laughs> this better be good. This better no, be I'm good. Because I'm waiting for it now. No, there's nothing to, uh, you know, like – it's not, I, I don't know if it's how much of it is coaching the goalies. It's trying to identify at a, at a, at an age it, to me, when you're drafting goalies, it's kind of like having the player draft at 16, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you know I mean? Like just because you're, no, you're I, I agree. You're I mean, how many American hockey league games did Jacob Markson play? He played a ton. He yeah, played a ton. Yeah. Right. And that's, that was the norm. And now, you know, and I'm not blaming Carter Hart or I'm not blaming Matt Murray, but, you know, we've certainly seen quicker evolution or elevation of goalies than we used to. Yep. Right. But it's, 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 um, it's so volatile, right? Like even, even within the goalies, goalies will have great years, then they'll have subpar years. Right. And then they'll be like, is this, it's such a high profile position. It's such a, yeah. And you're, and it's such an important position that you're always chasing it. Right. And, and, and your best case scenarioing and dreaming when you have the guys and, and you're fearful of, of if they get away. And like, I just, it, it, it's, it's the whole, like that, that, that could be a whole, I don't know. Like that's yeah. why you have your goaltender coach and you, you've got to throw resources at that because you, you're trying to get the right guys in the system, get yep. them in the pipeline, yep. try to identify the right guys. There's, there's, you know, and, and, and you know, how many guys that like you hear stories about, you know, they, they free age or whatever, like they're examining grainy footage coming from Russia on different yeah. guys. Yeah. Grinding yep. through, trying to make decisions on, like you're trying to get the right guys in the system. That's part of it. Then, of course, they're playing, whether they're playing in college or playing, where you're trying to influence development, what you think they need to work on, but you got to work through the team and how much that, like you're trying to grow them and develop them. And then you kind of, then some of them will graduate and now they're under your control and, and, and kind of that develop player development team gets their mitts on them. Right. But it's, it's such a, um, you just, 
you know, like there's a lot of that's a that's a it's not a job I would want to be kind of like just the the the, the profile of the goaltenders and and knowing that their success or failure could often be reflected on you or, or by by some will will blame the coach when ultimately it may just be the guy isn't good enough, and you thought he would be when he was drafted, but he just didn't have the tools, just like yeah. Morgan Clinchuk didn't have the tools and whatever, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. How it goes. No, it absolutely does. Uh, a couple more because I know you're really busy and I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, PTOs. You expecting anybody? You want to see anybody? Is there anybody out there you got your eye on? Or, you know, I know Conroy has hinted at maybe one or two, and I think you almost have to have a couple for those that back-to-back thing at the beginning of the, uh, of the preseason. But it is a little strange to be in Calgary and not see, you know, some PTOs. Yeah, it, well, it's strange because we've come used to it, but I'm not surprised at all because I think they are doing everything in their power right now to distance themselves from the past and the recent past. I'll say, yeah. like, I think they're what what you know, like everything they've said, like so often, whether it's a player talking, whether it's Conroy talking, whether it's Huska talking you hear them talk and you're like, Oh, that's, you know, I can think of an example when that didn't happen last year. I can think of like, like I'm constantly like, yep, that wasn't last year. That wasn't last year. Like there is and what last year was and in previous years, recent years has been a ton of old veteran guys coming in on PTOs. Yep. Right. So yep. I think they're really trying to, well, like, no, they're marketing the team, Rob, they're marketing team to a disgruntled fan base. Yeah. Who was the kid they brought in last year ended up in Washington. Oh, with um, Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano, right? So he wasn't—he wasn't old. They're having a. Did you see? It? So sidebar here. Did you see the? They're having a a, a Sonny Milano chia, like a chia pet. Chia pet, yeah. <laughs> that could have been here, folks. That could have been here. <clears throat> um, yeah. My okay. My last one for you, uh, Young Stars tournament. Who who are you watching? Who? And first, establish for me where this. I loved it. And then I stopped loving it, and now it's kind of an inconvenience for me. Like, <laughs> let, let's just get to camp. Like, I think, I think, you know, and I, I don't know. Well, maybe I'm grumpy and old, but I think what really started to drive me nuts was when certain broadcasters were adding the point totals from the, uh, the Young Stars tournament to the preseason tournament and the games and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think we've lost the plot here. Um, what, what do you want? Do you, do you like this tournament? Oh, I loved it. And I wish I, you know, I used to go, I used to go. Yeah. And, uh, not there this year. I haven't been for a couple of years. Um, but uh, I, I, I always love going because you, you, you have these players, this is their moment, right? Like, like this is, they are the talk because um, there are no veterans around. Right. So this is the time like Matt Coronado. Maybe that's an exception because I expect him to make some noise in, in main camp. But for them, for, for most of these guys there, you know, if, if William Strongman scores twice in the, in the game against the Oilers prospects, he's mm-hmm. going to be the talk of Calgary. But that that talk is there's a there's a very limited window on that because as soon yeah. as main camp starts that's a that's a that's a distant story. But I always love this tournament because it it gives those guys it's a chance to give them a little bit of a head start to see these guys for the first time. They they you know they're kind of competing against peers a little bit, so you can kind of squint your eyes a little bit and see what that might look like. You know when they're when they're all them and their peers are are two three years down the road. 
Um, so, you know, obviously I'm, I'm curious about the first rounder, Ponzek, and, and, and what, what he looks like, because that seems like a very, it seems like a, a pick that everybody's quite excited about and, and has a lot of qualities and attributes that, that you can envision would look good on this team for a long time. Um, I was in Kamloops for the Memorial Cup and Lucas Siona was, was there with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, with uh, Seattle. Yep. Yeah, I was like drawing a blank there. You know, so there's there's a guy like that who's 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 going to be a veteran compared to some <laughs> of these other guys who are only 18. Um, but you know, so yeah, you know, there's there's the different generations on the blue line, right? From from Poirier to uh, Kuznetsov, who's now getting a little yeah, but bit. Yeah, uh, Poirier's not going to be there. And then yeah, and then and then Poirier, unfortunately, yeah. Is, is, yeah, but that would be a curious one as well. Because it would be, yeah, yeah, he, for sure. He's been fun to, to watch at a Wranglers level because you 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 notice the sexy stuff, right? The the jumping up in the rush and point totals and quarterbacking the power play and, and stuff like that, right? So yeah, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a fun tournament. I think it's a it's, it's it's the right way to get people excited about the season, especially in a market where where the current hasn't been great when you can kind of look towards the future and you, you kind of, you, this is a fun, this is a fun part because you can kind of think, okay, when, when, when the team's good again, grumpy, grumpy, then these are the guys that could be leading the way. And we've seen so many guys. And that's the thing is like, let's not forget that this isn't just an exercise in, in guys on P on, on invites and trials and, and, draft picks that'll never pan out because we've seen them all come through there like Manjapani, Bennett, Goudreau, like they has been fun yeah. seeing those guys kind of go in that market and then and then um you know down the road they they make their way they up and down from the minors and then here as original and then they, it kind of all goes back to those first I remember those first kind of year in Penticton for all those guys and uh yeah. you know and it was, it's kind of been fun seeing them grow up essentially off the ice. Well I, I gave Matt Coronado the kiss of death on Monday. Um, well, like I, I, I think he's here. I mean, I know he's got to earn it. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I think, you know, he had a nice world championships, um, yeah. uh, older player, you know, it, even when I know it was one game, I can't, you, you know, and it was a game 82 game too, but, uh, I just, I have this feeling he's here. It, this organization is do a big pop in a rookie, don't, aren't they? Like, oh yeah, no, and and this is good for him though, because this gives him like he is going to be like ultimately when now I get they're all skating. It's not like these guys put away their packs of cigarettes and box of donuts <laughs> and show up for the first. Oh, well, that was the earlier conversation we were having, right? So yeah. so it's, yeah, it's yeah. A advantage that as it may be, I guess we can kind of paint it sometimes. But sure. but when you get in there, it's still going to be. They're running drills. They're practicing. They're they're top, they're hitting that top speed. So it's a little bit. Of, so it's a nice start for a guy like Coronado. Just he has to not go there. He has to not do what Sven Berchi did. Do you remember that year where he went to Penticton and he, funny we brought up. We I was with Sven last night actually. Yeah, his nose was kind of out of joint um, because it just you get sense that he thought he was he yep. shouldn't be at a rookie camp, yeah. and he went out there and and they it was obvious to the point where all of a sudden he was on the like third or fourth line yep. in the rookie camp games. And that, that carried over that. So there's, there's, yes, but that. who is the coach? Uh, remind me. I'm Troy trying. G. Okay. Right. It's yeah. Troy G. You know what else Troy G did in that game? 
you called a timeout down five nothing. <laughs> Good memory for stuff like that. But but you do need to you you don't don't expect. And I guess my my yeah. my 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 advice for Matt Carnado is Please. is is don't go there kind of entitled to to a spot on the Flames, right? Like yeah. you know like like this is um, earn it starting now. Do do the Dylan Dubé way. Yep. not the not the as I recall it the Sven Berge way, but that's probably maybe not fair. But but the, I, I I go back to Dylan Dubé. You are not he, helping the sympathetic Sven Berge stuff that I was trying to get going early on in the show. You're really kind of he might even join us as early as Monday. You're not helping. <laughs> not helping. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. I mean, I'm just I'm being serious here. You're really not. You're just being honest. That's all you're being. So. Okay, so let's talk about Tyler Weatherspoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, I missed on that one, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, speaking of which. Um, listen, I appreciate this. Uh, are you up to anything? Are you firing anything up? Are you doing anything? Or do we just follow you on social? What's what's the game plan? Uh, here? No, just uh, getting through getting through summer here, really. And then, uh, yeah, then we'll see. We'll, we'll get some games. You know, be up the, back in the... Canadian press seat for the exhibition games is is the is the veteran lads take to the ice a little bit in a couple of weeks here or it's probably not even that right it's probably ten days now or so before uh this. yeah it'd be yeah it's it's Sunday is it next Sunday they know. start with that silly double header stuff but in Seattle yeah well it doesn't matter it's stupid it's stupid <laughs> it, it is it is stupid. I've never had a good explanation for it because you got to divide up everything. You divide up your yeah. coaches, you divide up yeah. everything, and then you got to like, like you said, everybody. It certainly makes sure that if you're the fifty-seventh guy on the camp priority list, you get a game. Well, I'll I'll start taking training camp seriously when they start, you know, pricing it fairly. Like, come on, like you know, that's where dynamic pricing should come in. Because, man, you, you know, I always – first thing I always looked for was when do you see Vancouver? Because the, the Vancouver sends you the worst teams ever on the road, just the worst teams. Like, and yeah. then you and then you lose to them, which makes it even so much better. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think one year Vancouver came in here and, and the numbers actually were in masking tape on the back of their jerseys. Oh, <laughs> just gar- straight garbage. Straight garbage. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I know you are busy, I, and I am taking you away from work, but I appreciate you uh, so being generous with your time today. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's you do can it have again. A, Now what you happened? can have a drink. Now you have time to finish your water. Now? Okay. Now. Now. You're good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes. Thank you. There you go. See you later, buddy. All right. All right. There you go. Darren Haynes, everybody. Joining us courtesy of Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com, 76 years in Calgary. Two locations open right now. Two more will follow, but the two open right now, McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, Bow Ridge Road Northwest, just by the McDonald's at the bottom from Windsport there, skisellersnowboard.com. Jack, uh, I'll turn it over to you first. Uh, any questions or comments, queries that we need to clear up? A couple of questions here today. Let's All right. put a bow on the Babcock thing. Does he is he on an NHL bench to start the season? Yes, I I I think 
I think he is. Bo, I apologize because I'm doing that thing I said I wasn't going to do, which is I'm double clutching on my answer. My gut says, yes, he is. My gut says, yes, he is. Uh, I think the NHL is probably going to take some heat over it. Um, but yes, I think he's, I think he's on a bench to start the year. I do. Who is the most underrated flame, uh, during your time you covered the team? The most underrated flame. Um, Andrew Ferentz, for sure. I think one of the most underrated defensemen, uh, and leaders, um, by far. Um, and I, Damon Lanko was always really interesting to me. He was a really good center. Wasn't a number one center, but a really good center. And didn't talk to the media a lot. Uh, a lot tougher than I think people realize gave him credit for. Um, you know, I... I uh, and I, this one's going to seem a little bit strange, but remember my, my kind of tenure there probably, you know, I, I think he really became what everybody thought he could be. But I think Michael Backlund was also very underappreciated early on. I remember, listen, there's guys on this, on Flames Nation that were writing articles about the Flames to trade Michael Backlund back, you know, when he's coming out of his second contract. And, and I'm not... I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, I told you so or anything like that. I think that's a credit to Michael Backlund that he, he became the player that he became, but I think he was really leaned on a lot more than people realize early on because of the position he played, which was center. Um, you know, I, re I remember, geez, I remember, um, you know, uh, very significant injury up front. Um, I mean, it might've been to Jokinen or something like that. And, and, you know, Backlund's two years into the league and, and he's going to play with Jerome and, and Tangay and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, so th those are the three that jump out for me. Um, and, and the one, you, you know, throw a goalie in there and, and that's Curtis McElhaney. Um, I, I'll never forgive Mike Keenan. Never. Um, they played in Montreal. It was back-to-back -back nights, got snowed in in Montreal, didn't get off the ground until like 5 o'clock in the morning, flew into Detroit, still the Stanley Cup champion-winning Detroit teams, and uh, played them real tough. McElhaney played that game. He was excellent. They went to overtime, four-on-four -four overtime, and Todd, Todd Bertuzzi coughed up the puck, and the Wings scored. And after that game, you know, honest to God, McElhaney stood on his head. And then Keenan came out and said, though, the goalie's got to make a big save when we need it. And that was such BS. Um, and I know he didn't play a lot here. Nobody played a lot here with Kipper. But, um, yeah, I would say those four guys. What was Daryl Sutter like away from the ring? Um, I love Daryl. Um, my first year in Calgary, 03-04, and... I did my first Flames pregame, postgame from Shanks North. And Joe Sports, I think it was still the Joe and Kevin show, I think. But anyway, I remember I was doing a hit with Joe. And I was the new guy, and I was still fairly young. And, and uh, 
you know, Joe would run his mouth. Everybody, oh, I love Joe. I miss Joe every day. God, I miss Joe. I, I, one day I got to get Grant Pollock on here and we're going to tell some Joe sports stories. Um, I didn't work with him very long, but man, the best partner I ever had. Um, anyway, we were, he was grinding my gears and, and the, the best part about Joe was he ground your gears, but he wanted you to do it back. And we were going back and forth. And so it's prior to game one in 2003. And he says to me, wow, okay, you're the new guy. They're going to make the playoffs. And I said, not only are they going to make the playoffs, Joe, I will bet my hair versus your hair that they'll make the playoffs because I'm dumb, stupid, and trying to impress people. And Joe laughs. He says, I'll take that bet. And as it as the season wore on, that the fans would email the show. They didn't text at that point or any, didn't know, no social media, but or call in and they'd remind, Joe, you, you bet your hair and that the Flames wouldn't make the playoffs. And we got closer and closer, and the Flames were going to make the playoffs. So um, Joe started auctioning off the opportunity to shave his head, and he was still working for Global at that time. And, uh, yeah, Global. I was going to say two and seven, but it was Global. And so the Flames make the playoffs. They're going to Vancouver, and Global does a live hit from the arena. and. Joe's going to have his head shaved on the air. Joe's daughter was a special Olympian and she was there. And there were certain members of the organization that were pissed at Joe because he had the audacity to say they weren't going to make the play. You know, that whole thing of how dare you bet again? I mean, they didn't understand what it was. It was entertainment. And Joe was happy to do this. And then Joe, uh, he auctioned off the ability to shave his head with all the money's going to to Special Olympics. And the Flames were all leaving. They're all going on the bus. They're all going out the back. And Joe's getting his hair shaved in the Zamboni entrance. And they're all laughing as they're going by. And then the light goes off. And he's kind of half shaved. And Daryl Sutter comes over. And there's Daryl, like, laughing and patting Joe on the back, talking to his daughter. And then... um he just turns to Joe and he said, how much did you raise? And Joe told him, he says, okay, I'll double it. And he just right there. That's, that's Daryl Sutter. Um, Daryl Sutter, the coach never played for him. I've heard stories. We've had that conversation at the beginning of the show. Daryl Sutter, the person. Yeah. I, I, I walk through that wall, walk across fire, walk across broken glass for Daryl Sutter, the person. I, I think he's, he's an amazing dad. I, I wish we had, I wish we had the ability to keep, there's such an incredible picture and you can find it on social media, him wearing a, a luchador mask and, and has a WWE belt. And cause Chris is a really big wrestling fan and his dad wore it. Um, he's, he's a tale of two people, Jack, he's a tale of two people. And I know people that just, despise him and listen i want to make sure we're crystal clear on this i did not agree with some of his decisions last year but it wasn't personal it's just my opinion versus his opinion he's the coach with two stanley cup rings so you know where to go but uh, as a uh, i just i have so much time for him as a as a person and as a human being do you think murray edwards should speak publicly to the fans more often yeah i do I know why he does, and he doesn't want the spotlight. Um, I have been present for one Murray Edwards interview, and that was at um, the opening of the twinning of uh, Centennial Arena, which is now Flames 
arena. I've talked to Murray before, but I've never, you know, just that one interview. Um, you know, the pre Ken King used to be that voice. Ken King was hired to represent the owners and therefore spoke on the owners. And that's why Ken had such a profile. Um, Eugene Melnick spoke too much. Eugene Melnick got himself into trouble. Eugene Melnick as an owner talked too much. Uh, I think Francesco Aquilini sometimes can stick his foot in his mouth. Um, you know, uh, th th there's a long history of Harold, Harold Ballard. Um, you know, I go back to Peter Potlington. Um, but I think, you know, there's been enough big issues around this club in terms of the buildings and things like that. I think it would do the flames more, more good than harm to let people hear from Murray Edwards. Murray is not that guy. Murray does not seek the spotlight. Murray, and, and I know people are going to um, kind of get their backs up when they hear this. All Murray Edwards wants to do is win. That's all he wants to do. You can criticize the methodology. You can criticize the decisions. You can criticize the people put in place. You can criticize, criticize, criticize. But I swear to God, all Murray Edwards wants to do is win. It hasn't worked. Yes, I think Murray would be, I think the Flames would be better served. John Bean's not that guy. If Ken King was still here, maybe I'd have a different answer because Ken was always, we could always call Ken and go, will you talk? And John's not that guy, nor should he be. I mean, it's it's not a criticism of John Bean that he's not Ken King. But I do believe that this, this franchise would benefit from having its ownership heard in publicly. Last one for you here. Yep. People want to know, when mm -hmm. is Peter Marr coming back on the show? Thank you. When is Peter Mahar Bonesaw coming back? Uh, we will firm it up. Um, we are currently negotiating. Uh, he drives a hard bargain, does Mr. Marr, the Hall of Famer. Uh, my expectation and my hope is that we will have both Eric and Peter Marr joining us that first week, second week of October. So, um, I just, I think I made my feelings quite clear on this period of time right now. I don't want to get too crazy and, and talk about the same things over and over and over again. Um, and I want to be respectful of both gentlemen's time. But yes, my intention is to bring both of them back to the beginning of October. Awesome. That's it for today. Well, that's it. That's all. Well, thank you very much. A couple of things before we take off. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. Tomorrow afternoon at the Saddle Dome. Uh, is the Calgary Hitman and Siksika Health powwow that's open to the public. Um, very excited about that. Um, second annual one. Um, so make sure you check that out. Uh, there we go. Yep. Traditional powwow. So doors open at one and the powwow is at two. It is free and it is definitely worth your while. It's a great celebration and uh, allows you to learn a lot about First Nation culture, Blackfoot culture, um, and other, um, yeah, just, the conversations that we're all having um, other things that I want to bring up. Okay. First, we'll come back to the camera. I want to show you guys this, this lovely pocket square. You can see it there. That was made by Naya, who is one of our superheroes players in Edmonton. And she sent me and a couple other guys. Uh, these, we were at a fundraiser last night in Vancouver and I was emceeing, and Naya sent me, she made me this pocket square. What's significant about the pocket square is you see these flowers. Naya wears these flowers all the time. So Naya is, um, 
just a beautiful, beautiful young girl um, with autism. We got to know her five years ago um, in superheroes up in Edmonton and she didn't talk and um, came to hockey and found a way to make that connection. And she's just this beautiful soul. And she makes these flower crowns uh, a couple years ago. Uh, she got to know Emily Clark from the women's national team uh, on a Zoom call. And she made Emily Clark uh, one of these crowns with the flowers and then the rest of her teammates. So there was a world championship during COVID. You might have seen the Team Canada players all wearing crowns. That was all made by a young girl up in Edmonton who's one of our superheroes. I'm very, very proud of her uh, and how far she's come. And I know sometimes going to school is hard because it's hard making friends. But Naya tries and, and she wanted Coach Rob to have one of these for last night. So thank you to her. Which brings me to another picture, Jack. The last one I sent you um, to your uh, What's Up app. Uh, with Sammy. So uh, speaking of superhero players, Sammy is one of our superhero players here in Calgary, and she has a million-dollar smile, but she is going to be part of the new uh, Parachutes for Pets Pet Advocacy Center tomorrow with the grand opening. She's made special dog toys that we are going to sell in the thrift shop. So those are made by Sam. She is a young entrepreneur. Uh, she's in the prep program. Uh, she has recently taken over. Some of you may know uh, Wild Wild Wyatt's Western Wear pop-up shop. Um, and Sam is taking that over. It's now Stampede Sam's pop-up Western Wear shop. And she is absolutely crushing it. And she is changing the perspective of uh, how young female entrepreneurs with Down syndrome can make a difference in our community. And Sam is doing just that by making these toys and donating all the proceeds back to Parachutes for Pets. And speaking of Parachutes for Pets, just wanted to update you. There is a auction going on uh, fundraiser with all kinds of uh, dog houses, including the Zamboni dog house uh, with Michael Backland. And I got an updated picture on that. Uh, there you go, Lily's Legacy. That's uh, Michael's uh, puppy that passed away a couple years ago, and he and his wife Frida do so much in the community in her name. So there's the Lily Legacy, Lily's Legacy Zamboni. Um, tomorrow from 10 to 5 o'clock, the uh, brand, I'm calling it the home opener, but the grand opening of the Parachutes for Pets Pet Advocacy Center, 6120 1A Street Southwest, just a quarter of a block north of the Chinook uh, train station. Uh, stop by, see what we're doing, see how we're making a difference in the community. And before we go, congratulations to Carla McLeod. Uh, the University of Calgary's Carla McLeod today named the coach of Ottawa in the new PWHL. Uh, she is taking a leave of absence from the University of Calgary Dinos team. She did extend with Chechia, so she will uh, be leading uh, Chechia till 2026, but now she is coaching in uh, the new top women's league. Howie Draper, former U of A coach. I believe Troy Ryan is the coach of Canada. Uh, some great coaches in there. Really excited for Carla. I know this is what she wants to do. She wants to grow the women's game. There isn't a day goes by that I don't think she's wasted um, by not being in the NHL. But today, that's, day, that's different because now she has a place to go at the top level. And I know she's going to grow the sport. So we just want to tip our hat to Carla McLeod, who might become a bit of a regular around here. That will do it for today. Thanks to Darren Haynes for joining us. We're back on Monday. Uh, guest to be determined. Um, at some point, though, Sven Berchi is going to join us in the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. And as we were asked, uh, and we will be moving back to uh, three shows a week starting in October. 
Thanks to our outstanding producer, Jack. None of this happens without him. Thanks to you guys. None of this happens without you. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday, everybody. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.